sensation and sounds viewed to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experience. Work that Magnesium is naturally found in foods like. This is the Well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome to episode 100 of the Well and Good podcast. Maybe you're just joining us. Maybe you've been listening since the beginning as we evolve and digest the wide world of wellness together. Or maybe you poke around here and there. However you came across this episode, we're happy you're here and you're in for a treat. The stats that dominate the headlines showcasing the systemic health inequities experienced by Black Americans, things like mortality rates and disease risk, do not even begin to tell the whole story. And if we act as if they do, it's easy to erase the humanity of these situations and even harder to experience the joy in learning about the people working to change the trajectory of our collective well-being. I'm director of podcasts, Taylor Camille, and today I'm in candid conversation, meaning you may hear one or two more expletives than some of our typical episodes, but joyfully so, as we chat with CEO and founder of The Honeypot, B. Dixon. Honeypot was born after B's grandmother came to visit her in a dream and shared the formula for how B could heal her own bacterial vaginosis. Today, that formula lines the shelves of major retailers providing women with a plant-based, chemical-free hygiene line created with our well-being in mind. I feel so, 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 so privileged that B carved out the space and the time to speak with us as we celebrate Black history, as we celebrate 100 episodes of the Well and Good podcast, and as we continuously work to reclaim our wellness 
in the month of February and beyond. We hope you enjoy. Share with a friend, tag us on social, let us know what you want to hear in our next 100 episodes, whatever you'd like to do, but please, please, please don't let this be a one-way street. And without further ado, here's B. I'm Beatrice Dixon, co-founder, CEO, Chief Innovation Officer at The Honeypot Company. The Honeypot Company is a vaginal and vulva wellness brand. Um, you know, we're, we're, I mean, really, we're a body wellness brand, right? Um, because it's one body, everything's connected. Uh, but we really specialize in vaginas. Yeah. I was an early adopter of Honeypot, so I have a, a soft spot for y'all. You know, it's so great to see a Black woman entrepreneur win in this space. I think it's so, so difficult. And, you know, I just wondered, how did your own experience with, you know, the gaslighting you experienced from physicians and just not feeling served in this industry and in healthcare affect the work that you do and the, the love you put into Honeypot? It's funny because the creation of Honeypot actually had very little to do with gaslighting. The gaslighting has been has become one of the components of the foundation of love and humility and, you know, culture and all the things that we pour into our brand. I think that that's in the foundation of it, because when you look at the foundation of obstetric and gynecology, right, when you look at how black women still die, it's a crazy number, um, you know, and so. That is in the in the foundation of what we do, of why we do what we do. But the reason why I have been so grateful to be the human that would start this company with, you know, with me, my brother, um, Linda, Antoine, you know, we were the we were the beginning. Right. That reason is because my grandmother traveled through dimensions to find me and figured out the way to communicate to me, to tell me what I could do to fix the issue that I was having. Mm -hmm. And the fact that what she told me worked, that kind of told me that this was bigger than me. This was bigger than my team. Because mm -hmm. I believe that our ancestors know everything. And I think that that is really, that is really the reason for, for how it began and the, the fire that got lit under me to, to show up to do this every single day. Yeah, it's powerful. And that the family is intertwined in it from inception is just exactly. remarkable. Yeah. And the way that we yeah. run our company is like a family. It's like in our family. It's in the foundation of what we do. Yeah. Um, and so at Well and Good for this month, this short ass month, they get us to celebrate. I know. I know. <laughs> to celebrate our Thank broad you, well and blackness. Good, <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> our focus at Well and Good has been the state of Black well-being, right? And so this is a really broad question, but I just wanted to know from what you've assessed, how would you describe the state of Black well-being? I can't talk about anybody else's state because I'm only living in mine. You understand right. what I'm saying? So I'm right. not going to sit here and be the fucking voice of all the Blackness right. in the world. That's not possible. <laughs> B says, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I live in the United States of Beatrice, so I can focus on that. And I also don't think about it as black well-being. Mm -hmm. I just think about it as well-being when we have to put 
black in it, it, it that's almost the reason for the problem. Like my well-being right. is just as important as anybody else's well-being, which happens to be every day, not just in a month. Right. Like, mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know, I think that we are our ancestors. We are literally living their dreams, even though terrible things are still happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, police brutality is still even within the black community, apparently, um, is still a thing. I don't know that we're going to get past that, but I do think that we are the freest that we've ever been. Right. You know, and, um, and there's some beauty in that, you know, this generation is like, is super uber freed up mm-hmm. in a really beautiful way. And, and, and hopefully the next generation will, you know, will continue to open up and continue to be more and more free. But again, that's just from my lens. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to talk about the series you're working with in tandem with um, historically Black colleges and universities centering, you know, reclaiming wellness. And so I wanted to know why is wellness something that needs to be reclaimed? Um, what's kind of been lost along the way and, and what needs to be recovered? I think that there's so much generational trauma, Taylor, <laughs> that is, Correct. you know, that is just in not only our blood and our DNA, but just in humanity's blood and DNA, especially for Black people. And then, and then even bigger than that, Black women. Historically, we have been the caretakers, right? We have been the ones that... Um, that have been strong. But the reason why we do it during Black History Month is just because Black women are still one of the most underserved communities on the planet. We are here to help people understand that they can reclaim their wellness in their mind. They can reclaim their wellness in their body, in their vagina, in their heart, in their soul, in their spirit, in their world, in their family, in their food. You understand? In your water that you drink, Mm -hmm. like you have the ability to do that, right? right. Um, and we haven't necessarily always been at the helm of what wellness is in this society in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. You look at the way mm-hmm. our insurance is set up. You look at the way the medical system is set up, right? Especially when it comes to having children and things like that. So, you know, we really take this time we make a very, very, very big splash in mm-hmm. February and March around reclaiming wellness because, you know, when something's broken, what's important is that you have the tools to fix it. But I think mm-hmm. that a lot of times what happens is because when you've been so underserved, when there's been so much trauma, when there's been so many atrocities, and I don't mean to right. make it seem like everything's terrible and bad, but when we're talking about the vagina, right, our mm-hmm. government is still weighing in on abortions and things like that, right? And so all of that communicates, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. our Reclaiming Wellness campaign is to help people understand that they have the right and the freedom to choose themselves and to be well and Mm -hmm. to be able to have tools. You know, I think one of the main things that we do, like our first product is actually our service, Mm-hmm. which is helping people to reclaim their wellness, right? Yep. And then we just so happen to sell vulva and, v- and vaginal care products, you know? So 
Reclaiming wellness is literally just exactly what it means, just exactly mm-hmm. how it sounds. And, and what are the tools to be able to do that? This year, our focus is on the history of obstetrics and gynecology and the sacrifices that had to be made, um, especially with black bodies and black vaginas um, that basically creates the system of where that crazy statistic of black women are still dying at childbirth more than anybody else, right? Right. You know, um, where our pain isn't respected. Yeah. You mentioned some examples, but what does reclaiming our wellness look like in practice? I mean, you mentioned your food, your rest, especially for a group of Black women who sometimes don't put themselves first, sometimes make sure everybody else is well before they even tap in with themselves. Me? What does it look like? Yeah, well, what does it look like in practice? Oh, man, it's just hard in practice, man. I I think that it can look like many things, and it doesn't have to be you sitting down for 30 minutes a day and you know, in your in your lotus pose and meditating, it doesn't mean that you're doing yoga right. every single day. But are you drinking water? It's like right. real, real, real basic shit. Simple, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not everybody can afford to eat organic food, but can you eat the mm-hmm. cleanest food that you can afford? Right? Mm-hmm. Can you mm-hmm. not be hard on yourself when you make a mistake? Mm-hmm. Can you say no? Because you really don't want to do it, right? But you, you know, Big. can you be loyal to yourself and not loyal to others all mm-hmm. the time? You know, because sometimes mm-hmm. being loyal to others means that you're not actually practicing loyalty to you, you know? Right. Um, right. You know, it could be being quiet for five minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It could be, um, you know, when you go to the doctor and your doctor treats you like shit, right? And has no respect for you. It could literally be you telling your doctor, you know what? I can choose and I'm going to, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to figure something else out, right? Because this isn't working for me. It could be when you go into the doctor, you have a list of things that you want to talk about, Right. It could be when you go into the doctor, you have a list and you got somebody on the phone who's there with you so that so that you have somebody who can who can help you to reclaim your wellness based mm-hmm. on whatever your plan is. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it can be almost anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, it can be thinking well. And being good to yourself, you know, like that shit is hard to do. If you're in a place where you know you're not thinking well and you know that you're not happy and you know that you're anxious, making sure that you raise your hand and be like, you know what? I'm not OK. I need to go talk to somebody, mm-hmm. you know, or I, maybe I need some medicine. And and even which sums up everything that we just talked about, not being mm-hmm. ashamed. And that's a big one. Yeah. And like, sister, you know, don't hear me say all these things and think that I'm perfect at it right it's like we're saying them as reminders and affirmations for ourselves to show up yeah yeah because i am i am i am i am way less than perfect at a lot of these things you know but um Mm -hmm. but i'm striving and i'm i'm I'm, I'm working to do my best and be good to myself and drink my water and 
have some tea. I'm like, that's like the only thing you need to really do every day. I was talking to my friends in the group chat. They're like, what's your morning routine? I was like, honestly, (laughs) the water. (laughs) And then if anything else, and like, I try to move like three times a week. I'm not trying to move my body every day because it's just not realistic. Yeah. (laughs) The way my anxiety set up. Yeah. Always get to it every day. Exactly. So if I can check off three times a week, we're good. Whatever works for you, but I'm not putting myself under pressure. <laughs> not doing that. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Another thing is drinking, like drinking a lot of alcohol. Mm-hmm. Can you go down from drinking five days a week to drinking like one or two days a week? Because that shit is actually poison. Yeah. No, that speaks to me. I just cut alcohol last May. Just like, I was just like, I want to do a sober summer. And then I was like, I can keep going. I really am okay. Like I can party. I can be dub. I can be smart, whatever. (laughs) All by myself. And I can find other ways to cope through what's making me feel, you know, down and out or whatever else without going to that substance. Um, And that goes for a lot of substances. It's like, Find that clarity with yourself. It it frees you up a bit, you know, because Mm -hmm. we don't think about alcohol as a drug, but it is. It is one. It's the most accepted one. That and coffee. Yeah, it's the most accepted (laughs) one. So like, and I'm not trying to tell any, it's none of my business what anybody does, but like that is a way to reclaim your wellness, right? And even if it's Mm -hmm. just trying it out and seeing, because especially if you have any kind of condition um, around your vaginal health, around your hormones, mm. right? Drinking continuously can actually make those conditions worse. Wow. People, we, but we haven't been taught yeah, this, yeah. right? Like, I'm like, wait, <laughs> it makes sense. It may, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It feels yeah. like the first time I'm hearing that. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, going to the doctor and asking them to test your hormones, right? Mm-hmm. Doing the alcat. So you can understand the foods and herbs and plants and things that you're allergic to, right? Mm-hmm. These are all tools that you can use to uh, to reclaim your wellness, right? Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. understanding what you should and shouldn't eat is probably one of the most important things that you can do. Because if you're eating right. something that your body doesn't um, doesn't gel with, then you're making your body work in overtime, which causes inflammation, which can throw off your hormones, which can, which can throw off your blood sugar. And then you're in this mm-hmm. cycle and you don't even understand why you're stressed and why you're anxious, right? You don't right. understand why you might be angry all the time or why you feel depressed. It literally could be a hormonal imbalance. 
like all connected. Everything's connected. We have not been yeah. taught this, especially in the black community. And these kinds of resources expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're out of reach. Yeah, but you can't, but you can still do it. And it's something mm-hmm. that even if you had to save up for it for six months, it's something that's worth saving up for, you know, mm-hmm. or a year or whatever. Because this is how we're going to get old. <laughs> I turned 40 in November. Happy birthday. Thank you, sister. <laughs> but it's crazy because I was like, wait a minute. Why does everything <laughs> hurt? You know? Why does everything hurt? <laughs> I feel like that and I only turned 30 in October. And I'm just like, I know I look 12, but I'm right, like, same. no, everything hurts. <laughs> yes. So like, I be feeling hungover and I don't even drink. It's like, <laughs> what is happening? I'm exhausted. No, but these are the things, right? Getting up and stretching, yeah. which I'm terrible at. My boyfriend is so good at it. Like, he'll just wake up and be like, I'm going to stretch and then he'll do his little push-ups and his sit-ups and stuff. And it's cute. You know, I love it. And I look at him like, damn, right, I should do that, you know? But yeah, so. (laughs) That is so funny. Yeah, it is. Something that came up when I was like reflecting on Black women as relates to wellness and like when we are brought into the wellness conversation and something that like, while it's necessary, something I experience when I'm thinking about when Black women are brought into mainstream wellness conversations is that they're fixated on our pain and our struggle. And like there's this focus on our illness and not what makes us well, like actually well. So just wondering how do we find a better balance that supports the research that we need to, you know, figure out the systemic inequities, but also celebrate all of our abundance and joy and you know, our boyfriends that stretch. Like, it's not all bad news. It's not all bad news. In fact, it's actually a lot of good news, you know? Yeah. I think we just need to be treated like human beings. Yeah. Look, there's certain parts of conversations that have to happen in a certain way. I think that one of the reasons why Honey Pot is so rooted, like, we're never trying to lead with negativity, we're trying mm-hmm. to lead with the conversations that nobody's having. And a lot of times there's, it's like those things are rooted in poison, you know? And so you have to bring it up, but you have to also like, you can't talk about this thing if you don't talk about the thing that caused it, right? Right. But I think that um, we have to come from a place of abundance. Being the human mm-hmm. beings that have been the ones that have served, that have been the ones that have actually created the platform and the foundation for what wellness actually is, right? (laughs) So when you think of of Mary Beatrice Davidson, who created the first, the patent for the first menstrual pad, just literally thinking about what, what medicine was at a certain time, you know, it used to be that somebody actually went out and knew the herb to go get if you were sick with whatever the condition was that you had. Right. That shit. There, there, there were humans that um that were enslaved that knew the herb to get if you were if they wanted to kill you, you know, that we literally sit at especially in this country, but in many countries, we were the caregiver, which made way for 
those humans to be cared for and freed up so that they could create what wellness was. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, I think that it's important for us to remember that first and foremost, that, mm-hmm. you know, we were the goats of that. When you look at a lot of African traditions and religions, mm-hmm. African traditions and, and spiritualities and or religions, whatever you want to call them, Typically, they're focused on the gods of those religions. I practice Santeria and Lukumi are the ocean, Yamaya, are the river, Oshun, are the wind, Oya, are the fire, Shango, right? Like you think of, <laughs> of their gods and they're based on what is natural, what makes up our planet. I mean, because everything's God, right? The water we drink, the food we eat, because we need those things to survive. And the, the respect that was given to that right? That's not just an African tradition. That's an Indian tradition. That's an, um, that's an Asian tradition. I think that when you look back on all of that, we have to remember that that's what we come from. The foundations. Yeah. Culturally, that's what we come from. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and if that's not abundant, I don't know what is. Um, and so I think it's really important for us to remember that to remember that we were kings and queens. It's just, it's a real thing. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, we still have the power to be able to harness back to those roots, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, and love ourselves and be kind to ourselves. But I agree with you, you know, one of the cardinal questions that that I hate is when somebody's like, what does it feel like to be a black founder today? A black woman-owned founder, like, I'm like, what does it feel like for you to be a fucking founder? That's probably what it feels like for me. You understand what I'm saying? So the I'm other not. answer that I have to that yeah. question is like, take my blackness and my out of the conversation. <laughs> so now ask me the same questions you would ask the white male in the room. Okay. <laughs> Let's keep it really cute. <laughs> Let's just like we all know what's happening. We all know the systemic situation. Yes, that's all stacked against me, and I still rise. So. Yeah, like that, yeah, because because I'm not focused on that. You know what I mean? Right. Like you can't fixate on that. I can't fixate on that. I can't get wrapped up in that. Like I, I actually hate that shit. You know, and yeah. I wish that we didn't even have to have this conversation. Yeah, it's really upsetting. Um, did you know that Black History Month had themes? <laughs> I didn't. What? Wait, what are the themes? <laughs> Every year, this association for the study of African-American life and history comes out with themes. And they've apparently been doing this since like the 1930s. Never knew. I What's never the theme knew. this year? This year's theme is resistance. But, okay, I wanted to know what comes to mind for you when you think of the word resistance. Mm. I don't want it. Right? Yeah, I don't I don't want it. Yeah, that's how I feel too. It makes me feel drained and it makes me feel like it's not ease. But then I was like, okay, Trisha Hersey from Nat Ministry. Mm-hmm. So she says rest is resistance. So I'm like, okay, I'm trying to reframe how I first feel when I hear the word resistance because resistance makes me feel like I have to like strap up, go to war, like I got to like really fight. And so I'm like, how can we reframe resistance to be rest, to be joy, to be pleasure, to be self-care? <laughs> because for me, resistance just feels like such a task. And like you said, I don't want it. 
Yeah, and I think the only way that it could be the beautiful thing that she said it was, which is rest, relaxing, mm-hmm. you know, things like saying no, right? Mm-hmm. Taking care of yourself. I think that if that was what the intention was when they created that theme, me and you would have felt it. Correct. You know, and right. so I think that I align to what Trisha was going for. I I, I am all for that, right? Yeah. The way my life is set up in this moment, um, that doesn't actually feel attainable, <laughs> you know, but I'm working towards that being my life, right? Um, yeah. But, but yeah. the way that there's a theme around Black History Month and it's called resistance, that feels... Um, that feels racist. It feels, um, it feels mean. It, it feels, it feels like this. It feels like it's going away from each other, whatever the others are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, I just think that, um, it's, it's interesting. Mm, Yeah. 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 I'm sitting with that word for a while. I'm big on words and it just is like. I'm like, that word, they it just mean makes things. me feel icky. Yeah, yeah, it means things. And I feel like we've resisted for how long? So we have to we have to reclaim, I guess, res- you know, what resistance means to us. Because, I like, how long can we resist? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You've probably thought about this a lot. But thinking about your grandmother who, you know, passed this down to you and thinking about your family and and your service and your, you know, all of it. What is the legacy that you want to leave behind? Um, it's already been profound in so many ways while you're living. But what's the legacy? Be good to each other, man. Mm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and like don't 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 shy away from things that are natural. Yeah. I think yeah. I think if there's anything, that's I guess what I would want my legacy to be. Like, you know, I, I don't think about legacy, you know. I just I just want to live well. I just do what I do. Yeah. I yeah. I mean, you know, and I just want to be good to myself and good to my people and good to humans in general and and hope that those ripples can just grow. On today's show, you heard me in conversation with B. Dixon. This episode was scripted, edited, and mastered by Sarah Gabrielli and produced by Ella Dove, Abby Stone, and myself, Taylor Camille, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Our theme music was created by Madeline Lakomsky and Matt DiDomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share, and we'll be back next week with another episode of the Well and Good podcast. <laughs>